Because God just is not looking for human normality. God is not speaking to us about how to be normal as a human perspective. Everything about Scripture does not cry out, oh, you're supposed to be normal as a Christian. Matter of fact, nowhere in Scripture do I find reference to you and I as believers being what the world or what people or what you think would be normal. And I truly believe that there's just been too much normality in Christianity. And normality will not be the vessel or the avenue that revival can live in. Revival has to be doing something different than you did before to get a different result. If we don't do something different, hmm, let me phrase that. I feel like the Lord is correcting me. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. So be something different to watch revival find a house to live in. Because I think the greatest killers of revival have always been trying to normalize it. And the greatest killers of the move of God, Holy Spirit outpouring, is trying to normalize something to make it happen. And so I feel that in times like this, but also in all these times, I feel that we need to understand more and more on how God speaks to us. You could give me a show of hands wherever you're at in this building. Do you remember a time when God spoke to you? And I do, many times. And as I processed this morning in prayer, thinking back on times that he spoke to me, it was actually very rarely that the supernatural big times of speaking were the same as before. It's not that in the prophetic realm that we don't hear the Holy Spirit in a, in a, in a manner that we've heard him before, but in many of the breakthrough words that have been spoken in my life by the Lord, he spoke, it was a different setting, it was a different way, it was a different sounding voice, it was through people, it was through his, his voice, through booming thunder, through lightnings, yet through quietness, through rushing winds, through earthquake tremors, but yet through a peace that passes all understanding. And I think that we need to grab and learn on a greater level and get an actual true revelation. If we want a revelation of his presence, I truly believe we need to push for a revelation in our mind's understanding. Because if our minds do not get renewed on a daily basis, we will expect him speaking to us in a way that our ears aren't prepared to hear because he might not be speaking how you and I want him to speak. He will speak how he desires to speak. And be honest with you, he never stops speaking. 
And so if you've gone a 24-hour period not hearing him, then we really have to re-grasp an understanding on what is going on in our own mindset to not be able to hear him speak every day in our lives. When Jesus died on the cross, it was not just to forgive our sins. One of the main reasons of the death of Christ, yes, was forgiveness for a reason. The purpose was so you and I could enter into an intimacy and a relationship with him, his Father, and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we get camped out so much on the forgiveness of sins, we forget the true purpose and meaning and reason of the cross. And I'll get a lot of people that might get frustrated with how I say that, but the reality is the cross was the most important thing to happen to us. But the reason wasn't just so you and I can be saved. If you live without understanding, you will stay in the understanding that you are saved, but you will always be contending for the intimacy and relationship that the cross did for us. And I feel like the Lord is calling us into an intimacy in a relationship without ability to understand, but yet know the trueness of the understanding of the intimacy that he has for us. One of the greatest strengths I mentioned earlier in a relationship is that you actually have communication. How many of you know without communication, you don't have a strong relationship? Matter of fact, most of the marriage concerns that I deal with in counseling are lack of communication. Can you imagine how much money everybody would save on counseling? And you see, lack of communication, bad communication in a relationship is usually boiled down to the beginnings of bad communication is you actually don't know how to communicate to the other person. Because we think our way of communicating is the right way. And then I got married. <laughs> and I'm an over-communicator. But she's also an over-communicator. I just use my yappy mouth. And something about my wife... You just know that you know that I just don't need to try to understand how or why she's feeling that. I just know that I need to change because of relationship. But you see, many marriages that don't have good communication and or have failed they have failed because of bad communication on average. And that leads to financial ruin, destruction. It leads to uh, separate rooms. Uh, it, it leads to many, many things. And you know what? Every single person that I can remember talking to about their marriage issues is usually when they get to a point that I'm just not going to change or I just don't care anymore. Or they're the ones that have to change and not me. When I hear that, whoo, every siren goes off in my head. Oh, it's always everybody else's fault. I truly believe that's exactly what's been happening in many churches today. 
is that we feel that we communicate with God the way we feel it should be. And I'll tell you what, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest things One of the greatest things in learning how to communicate is shut your mouth. Our relationship with God, many people believe that true prayer is just petitioning heaven with a list of requests. That true prayer needs to be communicating with our Father in heaven as a true friend. One who has chosen to set aside his ability to wipe us out, but instead chose to set aside all that anger and wrath to unconditionally love us. Jesus says in John chapter 10, John 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. This is Jesus speaking. My sheep hear my voice. And so as I was processing on talking about how we hear his voice, if we're not hearing him, we could say, are you still a sheep? But my sheep hear my voice because he never stops talking. (laughs) Just like you and I, we actually never fully stop talking. Even in a relationship. Let me, let me, let me show you. I don't have to say anything. Try if in your ability Try to grasp what I'm saying to you without saying anything. What do you think? Full of joy? Wrecked in the spirit. Our actions are constantly speaking. But what about God's actions to us? They're constantly speaking. (laughs) They never stop. They never have stopped. If you don't believe it, just go sit out in nature and listen. Just go drive up the Coquihalla and look at the beauty. Go, go look down 264th North, if it wasn't raining, and take a look at Golden Ears. Like, I can, I can just be quiet and hear him speaking. Yeah. 
My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. That word know is gnosko, and I love this word gnosko. It means to learn to know them. It means to come to know them. And it means I am to be known by them. So when Jesus is saying, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I learn to know them, and I come to know them, and I will be known by them. And they will follow me, says the Lord. It's a guarantee. Prophesying in simple terms is hearing from the Holy Spirit and repeating what he said. And I believe that one of the greatest prophetic abilities that we must have is first prophesying to ourselves before we ever think of prophesying to the people around us. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31. Because I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I watch too many people go after the gift of prophesying without first prophesying to themselves. And many times, their lives are in an uproar, but yet they're somehow able to be able to instruct people by hearing the Holy Spirit on how to correct the people's lives around them. And I want to say something. I think you heard God wrong. I think the Holy Spirit, when he says that, was speaking to you first. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and may be encouraged. And so the greatest prophetic gift is that you are learning to encourage yourself and live encouraged and know who God is and what he is saying to you. Before we ever think, we have a high and mighty voice in somebody else's life. Knowledge is power. And God doesn't want the prideful to be powerful. It was sung about this morning with Rianne. She actually brought up this whole thought pattern about pridefulness. Knowledge is powerful. And you know how you can watch some people live with knowledge and wisdom, applying it wisely in their lives, and it seems like favor just keeps pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. I truly believe it's because the pride has diminished in their life. And they instead have chosen to not walk in their own power, but to walk in his power. See, God hides things. He hides things in the word so that only the hungry people are going to find it. And I want to tell you what, it is not time to be fat and relaxed and eating everything you can, spiritually speaking. It is time to create a hunger in us in such a way, a hunger in your life. I create a hunger in my life so I can go to the Word and be fed. 
God's true voice is actually hidden from the arrogant and the proud. I'm speaking to us as believers in the church. When arrogance and pride start to run into your life and dictate your actions and reactions to people, I will guarantee you God does not speak to the arrogant and the proud in a clarity of voice. We need to make sure that we walk in humility, we walk in humbleness, yet we walk with power and authority for whose name? For the name of Jesus Christ. It cannot be for my identity or your identity. It must be for his name, the name above all names. We just lift up Kevin right now, Kevin Stoddy, <laughs> in our First Nations communities in Saskatchewan. <laughs> He's been having an amazing, amazing time. I watched his Friday night service, a Saturday night. They baptized a bunch on Saturday afternoon, ministering again today, and jumping on a plane this afternoon to fly home. We pray safety. We thank you, Father, that we as a family sent him out. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. Jesus rejoices in the Spirit. Luke 10, 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. His rejoicing was not without the Spirit. You see, when you and I rejoice, we must make sure that we are rejoicing in the Spirit of God, the right Spirit, not the Spirit of self, not the Spirit of man, not the Spirit of the enemy, not the Spirit of pride, not the Spirit of arrogance. We rejoice in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And what does Jesus say? I thank you, Father. Oh, what a great way to rejoice. Lord of heaven and earth. Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth. That you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and revealed them to babes, that in many adults' understanding, they, babes don't understand. But I want to tell you what, babes in Christ Jesus many times understand much, much more. Than the old in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about you know when a, a new babe in Christ, you know the faith level they carry? You ever watch that? Oh, I want to go out and evangelize. I want to go out and do this. I want to go. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. Just settle down. Don't embarrass us. You got to serve for 10 years. Just settle down. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. Oh, I want to go evangelize. I want to go minister. Okay, when, where, how can we get you there? How can we help? God is always speaking. The big question is, are we in tune with his voice? 
Do we have ears to hear his voice? Many people believe that Jesus told these parables in Scripture to reveal truth. But actually, it's interesting, he told the parables to protect truth. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Notice, why do you speak to them in parables? In other words, Jesus doesn't speak to his sheep in parables. Verse 11, Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, in hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. When's the last time you heard God? I would probably say this morning in worship. And if you didn't hear him and you're in this building or in our satellite and you didn't hear him, you probably should get saved. I'm just kidding. <laughs> because, because sheep hear his voice. So leave the flock in the mine that isn't working and join the flock in the mind that is listening and hearing. I'm not going to read that in Proverbs 25, verse 2. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. You see, glory of God hides things for us. It is in his glory that he has to have something able that we have to search out to find. I think of worship this morning. Chuck popped into my office. He doesn't normally before, before worship. He said, Brent, I just got nothing. I've got no set list. I've got no direction on where I'm supposed to go. I said, well, what I heard in practice, just keep doing that. Because as soon as we walked in the front doors and worship practice was going on, my wife immediately said, I need to go into the sanctuary. And I'm like, you mean you need to go downstairs for prayer? No, I need to go into worship. Why? Because God's speaking. He's always speaking. God does not hide things from us. As Papa Bill says, he hides them for us. And many times it becomes difficult with people because they don't recognize the different ways God communicates to his people. But again, I want to encourage you, if you've ever had a family, a friend, a marriage, a child, whatever, and you have had a relationship with somebody... Again, your communication did not always look the same. 
when there's true relationship there. Well, here's some common ways that God can speak now. Through visions. Many times using our own imagination when it's pure with God. Visions are like pictures that many times need interpretation. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to us through these pictures, through these visions, the imaginations of the mind, we must turn around and ask him, what, pic- what does the picture mean? That's why I truly believe it's so important to, to when, when the Lord speaks to you this way or any way, it's good to talk to other people and say, what are you picking up? But why many people don't want to go and talk to somebody and ask them their opinion or perspective on the word God gave you is because they actually don't trust anyone enough to believe that somebody else could speak into their life or the word that God has given them. We all know Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Dreams, visions, prophecy. One way God can speak to us. Sometimes he speaks through that still, small voice. within our spirit, supernaturally speaks. I've heard that voice. I've heard it. It it scared the daylights out of me at first because it was like I heard it as a mighty rushing, roaring wind. I heard it as a fire consuming. I heard it and I knew That one word, one thought of a word could take me out. I even heard it in a completely different language I had never heard, but yet I understood every word of it. But it wasn't in the rushing wind, it wasn't in the fire, it wasn't in the quaking of the earth, it was in that still, small voice. Many times God whispers, I think, just to see how well you're listening. And many people miss it because they're thinking, boom, power voice. I am God. Do this or else. No, 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 no. He has all the right to say that. But sometimes we're just too noisy. Spiritually, personally, to let go. And we miss that quiet whisper. Sometimes that small voice, that still small voice, can be heard as a passing thought. Have you ever had one of those? We just had like a thought, oh, I shouldn't do this. Or, oh, I should do that. 
with that internal sense that something God is saying. 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 11 to 13. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. And then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. It's God speaking to Elijah. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind, tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Don't look for the wind, the fire, the earthquakes. Look for the small voice, the still small voice. Verse 13, and so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Listen how he heard the voice and his next response was. It wasn't looking around. Did anyone else hear it? He didn't get hung up on the roaring, rushing wind. He didn't get hung up on the earthquake. He wasn't looking for God's voice in the earthly manifestations that were happening. But when he heard that still, small voice, he immediately surrendered. Here am I. Send me. It's not what Elijah said, but that's what I say. Suddenly a voice came to him. Oh, wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing in a cave? All by yourself. You're hearing my voice now. What are you doing? You can go to church and hear my voice because we have to believe that we can also hear the voice of God through the people around us. God can speak through his angels. These angels, they commute, communicate from the heavenly realm.
Throughout the New Testament, angels spoke to people and gave them instructions. I'm not going to read it, but in Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38, this is when the angel Gabriel visited Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do we not believe that God could still use an angel visiting us to bring a message from God? Absolutely believe it. But we must remember that while angels can deliver messages, the source of the instruction is always from God. God speaks through creation. I'll tell you, when I sometimes feel I'm just not hearing as much as I want to hear from God, I just got to go hang out in His creation. Quietly. Peacefully and listen. The mountains speak of His strength. The rivers speak of His provision. The flowers speak of His beauty. That God can even use His creation to speak to us prophetic through prophetic acts. I remember early in my prophetic ministry. I would sit out if I was on a boat or a yacht or whatever I was doing, if I was captaining a boat or, or sitting in the bush. And I would try to see if I could get His creation to do something supernatural. I remember looking at this bird that just drew me I'm like, Lord, if you're really listening, if I, if I have a voice into you, could you just make that bird like do a real sharp right? Boom. Whoa, okay. That was interesting. Could you make that bird do like a really sharp left? Boom. Oh, little do I know, years later, my son Justin, while sitting in an excavator in the gold mines up in the Yukon, he does the same thing. I think he said it was a crow or something, a raven that was flying, and he was crying out and reaching out to God, and kind of like God, if that's really, if, if, if this is, if I'm really speaking to you, could you at least make See if the bird could do a flip. Boom! He got a flip out of the bird. I just got left and right. I remember one of the greatest times that God spoke to me. My wife and I were back on furlough from the mission field. The kids were in the old house that we now actually own. But Sharon and I were in a little camper, like a slide-in truck camper, nine foot. And it was out by the ravine where the trees are. And I had such an encounter throughout the night. 
And just as daybreak was happening, the birds are in full chirping. And it was a warm night, so all our wind, well, our couple windows in the camper and our vents were open. And I sat there listening, and it's like the Lord allowed me to hear them speaking in their own language, but yet I understood what exactly they were saying and praising. Chirping away. But I'm hearing them praising. And it, would, it enthralled me so much that I would start to sing along with them and they would stop. And I'm singing by myself. And so I'd stop and they'd start right up again. So then it became a bit of a practice session for me. And I did that. 15, 20 times, I'd start to sing and they would stop like they wanted to listen to me. And I would stop and they would immediately start singing at full volume. I'd sing, they'd immediately stop. And I did this back and forth until finally, I reach over to my wife. Sharon, do you hear the birds? Yes. I hear their worship. That's nice. No, babe, I, I really hear their worship. And watch what happens. As soon as I start to sing, even quietly, they stop. It's a happy day. And then she woke up. Whoa. And we just worshiped with the birds. When people say, your church is for the birds, I like yes and amen. God speaks to us through his scriptures. reading, daily study of his word, he will always speak to us about our present circumstances or the circumstances yet to come. Have you ever read a verse 10 years ago and then read it again and it just like meant something totally different to you? That's God speaking. words will come to life as we reflect on what is being said. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, which means I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul, which are waters of rest. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It's interesting. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And then verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, 
Your pasture is wherever you lie down with him. In the middle of a storm, in his presence, it's a pasture. And I will fear no pandemics. I'm I'm sorry. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. I will not fear cancer. I will not fear sickness. I will not fear death. Because in the middle of the storm of cancer, lie down in the green pasture. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I think some of us need to declare that into our lives right now. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in windward. No, I'm sorry. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When God speaks to you, he will never violate his word. But he will, I'm kind of brutalizing this, but I think it was Bill or Chris, but he has no problem violating your understanding of the word. If God gives us fresh insight through his word, make sure that we remember the context of Scripture. Because God's not going to change His context for you. But He will reveal more of His context to us. A new revelation will never be in disagreement with the foundation of God's revealed nature and God's revealed character. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God speaks to us through impressions or those gut feelings. Have you ever had the gut feeling? Many times you'll hear me say, I have this gut feeling. You know, sometimes when you sit down by somebody who's demonically oppressed or evil in their life, sometimes you can feel that trying to get on you. Have you ever felt that? Sometimes even praying for the sick, I'll I'll get pain in a leg or in a back or a shoulder or an arm. It becomes a trigger for me to be able to cry, to give a prophetic word of knowledge. Somebody with their left elbow has pain in it and needs prayer. Those senses, those feelings are so important that we train them in our lives. I believe it's super healthy for every one of us when we get these senses in our spirits, that we can say, 
message received. God speaks to us in circumstances. You're not in a circumstance and God's not speaking. You're in a circumstance and God is speaking. We just have to have ears to hear. Why are we in the circumstance? Even with opening doors of opportunity and closing doors of opportunity, God is speaking. It's so easy to misunderstand this principle and think that any time we come up against an obstacle in our lives that we are out of the will of God, I want to declare to you, in the will of God does not mean there will not be obstacles. Revelation 3 verse 8 says, I know your deeds, says the Lord. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. You know, I was probably a little drunk in the spirit when I wrote this next thing. I I spelled God as Gid, G-I-D. <laughs> Speaks to us in supernatural encounters. E-N-C-O-U-B-D-B-T-E-R-S, encounters. <gasps> Maybe we need to be a little giddy sometimes. Maybe a little slurring of our speech is encounters. <laughs> In the book of Numbers, Aaron's rod came alive after being dead and bore blossoms and ripe almonds as a sign from God that he was anointed to be a leader of Israel. That's a supernatural encounter. So, what is God saying? Think back on your life and remember the times when God spoke to you. Many times we miss the profound power of God's voice because we're ignorant of how he is speaking to us. So let's open up all our senses to hear his voice. Don't conform him. You can't. He just won't be conformed. If you're not sensing him, listen. If you're not hearing him, listen. It might not be words. could just be an overwhelming joy. It could be a peace that passes all understanding. It could be a pasture in the middle of a war. I'm not going to close the service today. 
I'm going to let Chuck do that. And if the worship team wants to come up, you stay as long as you want. You leave as soon as you want. But I implore you, do not leave this place without hearing him in some way. Some of you are going to get healed physically just by listening for his voice. Some of you online are getting healed just by listening for his voice. Someone's bank account this week is getting a surprise just by hearing his voice. see a tie, a cable, a rope, a noose that is called bitterness being cut off by someone right now. And the interesting thing is you wanted to get rid of it, you just didn't know how. And I'm here to tell you how you can't get rid of it but just listening to God speak through his love, through your identity as a son, as a daughter of the king. And I can see the noose is unraveling. It's unwrapping. It's releasing you. Kidney be healed in Jesus' name.